received your instructions. Touch cards if you like. Let's fight. Welcome, welcome to Cam Blue's Bout Business MMA Podcast. <laughs> Lou Finicaro. Boom! A production of GreenRollMedia.com, the world's premier sports betting podcast network, rooted in fabulous Las Vegas, Nevada. 100%! Now, it's fight weekend, and it is time to touch gloves with the most decorated mixed martial arts betting analyst in the business. He's your host of our main event. You ready? Bring it on! Come on! Come on. And he's all about business. Lou Finacaro. Welcome, fight enthusiasts, to the UFC Las Vegas 79 Dazeem versus Gamrod edition of Gamblu's Bout Business Podcast. We always thank our loyal listeners to kick off each podcast this week, very much so, because those listening after our Ofer week last week really are true and loyal listeners, and they get it. We're here for the long run, not the short run. It's not often, in fact, rarely, will I go Ofer my picks. Just as rarely, Will I sweep the board? And it's interesting that this year, within the last five weeks, I've done both. That's kind of weird. What I would prefer to do is get back to a little three and two or four and one, put a few bricks of profit on our wall and move on to the next card. So far this year in the UFC, favorites are running 227, 106 and 16, 65% in the last few weeks. We've had a little run on favorites that we have to be aware of. Bout Business Podcast after that 0-4 last week. Now 77 and 78, plus 22.8 units of profit. That represents a 15% return on investment. Average hit plus 130. We're going to trust our process, go right back to rolling up our sleeves. And our goal today just put a brick of profit on top of 2280 and move forward. Future bets, we have what equates to be John Jones, two units invested for two units of return. That was explained in last week's podcast, and any that want further explanation can hit me up. Futures also, Covington, we were quick to get minus 110. That fight is coming this December. That fight's been priced. Covington's a dog, so I'm missing a little bit right there. But make no mistake about the fact that I'm a Covington guy in that fight, and I'm happy with the minus 110. Now that business is taken care of, let's move into Las Vegas 79 and round one. Round one, three fights in. We get the two big, huge polar bears, heavyweights, Jake Collier, Muhammad Usman. Collier fought at one point in time, middleweight, light heavyweight all the way up. His last three bouts, all losses, Boudet, Barnett, Arlovsky, you know, not a lot of shame in any of those names, but really, he could have found a way to try and beat Boudet, in my opinion. Meanwhile, on the Usman side, this is a guy sculpted out of marble. 
and he is just a big, huge block of granite. His wins over Justin Taffa and Josh Pagua in recent fights put him as a fighter that looks the part. Never is there has there been a fight that just looks so mismatched. Usman, who rolls in today at a meek 237 pounds, but he's just chiseled out of marble. Collier, I'll give him credit. He comes in 257. His last fight was 266. So I'm seeing in Collier what I need to see, and that is the desperation of a man on the brink of extinction as far as the UFC is concerned. In this fight, Collier opened months ago with bet online minus 190, Usman plus 160, that line's flipped today. It's Usman minus 140, Collier plus 120, and yes, I'm taking the bait. Collier has the deeper UFC experience. Believe it or not, you wouldn't judge it by looking at their physiques, but Collier's the more athletic guy and I sense Usman to be stiff and really rigid. I think Collier can catch him. I like Collier the dog in round one, plus 120. Now let's move into round two. We're gonna go right to the next fight on the card because I just can't pass it up. This is middleweights at 185, Jacob Malkoon, Cody Brundage, and no one's made more money on Malkoon than we at the Bout Business Podcast, without question. We love this guy. However, I don't get this price. Malkoon opens minus 480 to plus 375, which was confounding to me because I don't see these two guys' skills as that dynamically different. In fact, Brundage is the guy that's going to be two, three inches taller, the bigger man. He won't have reach, but what I like about Brundage is the fact that he enters off losses. He's sitting on the fence of UFC relevance, meaning he loses this. He probably gets cut. I absolutely love how desperate he comes into the fight, and I like his arsenal. He's a wrestling-based fighter that's tough and focused, fighting another wrestling-based, grappling-based fighter that's focused. These two are way closer matched than this prize. I can't let this one go round two. We're surely all about Cody Brundage. He's currently priced plus 410, and I'm putting a quarter of a unit on him. Now let's move right into round three. Round three, we're getting close to or on the main card. Featherweight fighters, Ricardo Ramos, Charles Jourdain. Canada against Brazil. I see this as a highly competitive fight. Jordan, kickboxing based, fast, precise, a striker primarily that has shown tremendous issues trying to deal with takedown defense and getting up off the ground. He beat Cron Gracie in his last in probably one of the weirdest fights we'll ever see. Lost to Englishman Wood, a wrestler. Got beat up by Shane Burgos, which is no shame in that. Jordan arrives the more singularly versed fighter, in my opinion, on the Brazilian side with Ramos. What we have is a more well-rounded fighter, which who will surely have advantage on the floor. 
I think Ramos is a even match for Jordan on the feet, but that's not where he wants to be too long. I do think Jordan would prefer this to be a striking match. Ramos needs to use his well-rounded ability to keep Jordan guessing, but eventually get him against the fence and on the floor. This is going to be a heck of a chess match. And I'm looking at Ramos opening minus 165. And now Jordan is the favorite minus 140. So I don't think the market or the line makers know who the favorite in this fight is, which is comforting because I don't know who the favorite in this fight should be either. What I do feel strong about is that this fight's probably going to a decision. This is a competitive fight. And I don't see anybody icing or subbing the other. Round three, over two and a half, minus 110. We'll take that a unit to win 0.9 of a unit. Now let's go right into round four. Round four, another doozy. Brian Battle, AJ Fletcher, welterweights. Battle arrives after a fight in his backyard that he looked just so doggone impressive. He completely destroyed Gabe Green in his backyard in the last fight and now enters this one with tremendous momentum. Besides momentum, Battle physically going to be three inches taller. Uh, he's got a 10-inch reach advantage arms and five-inch reach advantage legs. That said, he showed up in everything in glasses and Hawaiian shirts. I thought his attitude was a little smug. I definitely think he should come in with confidence. But this is another case in a guy with A.J. Fletcher, his opponent, that I feel very, very similarly as I do Brundage and Malcoon. Fletcher has had a hard way to get to this point, and he upset a high-flying Garimbo in his last fight after uh, having to take a school of hard knots and take two defeats to fighters that he matched up very well with. He struggled to get to this point, and the kid's a junkyard dog. And though he's giving away all kinds of physical attributes in this fight, I see that Battle opens minus 160, and the money's kind of come in his way, and, and I get that. Battle's another guy, just like Malcoon, that we've won money on before, but it isn't about how many times we win off a guy or not, it's how many times we're correct in a singular handicap. And in this singular handicap in Las Vegas on Saturday, I think A.J. Fletcher is really very, very dangerous. I see his price now plus 160, and I think he's well worth it. He's going to be there the whole way. He's going to give us 110%, which is all we can ask for out of an underdog, their best effort. In round four, A.J. Fletcher, plus 160. That's a half a unit wager. Now we move right into round five. In round five, we're going to use our future parlay. So we're going to tie one leg in this fight card to a leg that's going to take place on October 7th in two weeks. As far as the fight that we're going to use on this card, we're going to go to the ninth fight on the card right before co-main event. And yes, that's the women's strawweight Marina Rodriguez against uh, Michelle Waterson Gomez. And listen, we got nothing but respect for the karate hottie. She's tough. She's gritty. 
She's always there. And at 34 years old, usually the older fighter in her matchup, except in this one, Marina Rodriguez, happens to be two years older at 36. But she's also three inches taller, has three-inch reach advantage, four inches with her legs. Rodriguez, the much taller lady, primarily a striker, rangy, uses her legs to create angles and precision. She does her damage over accumulation. And I just think Watterson's going to have a dynamically difficult time trying to maneuver her way inside on Rodriguez, who's a sharpshooter. I think Rodriguez minus 300 is way more than fair. And for that reason, we're not going to get greedy. We're just going to take Marina Rodriguez minus 300 in the first leg of a parlay that's going to be tied on the Draft Kings menu to an October 7th fight. Philippe Linz is fighting Ian Kutilaba. We're going to take Linz minus 122 together with Marina Rodriguez minus 310 currently. A one-unit outlay returns. 1.4 units. Now we'll move into round six. In round six, main event, one of the greatest fights I think that we could have, not only for a main event of a fight night, but this would be a main event on a pay-per-view, at least as far as I'm concerned. You have two dynamically gifted, 155-pound lightweight fighters, Rafael Faziv from Kazakhstan, primarily a stand-up striker, though you know he's got some wrestling in his history and back pocket. He's facing Polish Mateusz Gamrot. Gamrot, the Polish vice-grip forward-pressing wrestling fighter who really has faced an elite level of opponent and an array of opponent that has given him trouble from long, tall striker on short notice, i.e. his last fight against Jalen Turner, to small little wrestling-based dynamos a la Armin Sarukian. Gamrot has faced them all, he's seen them all, and he's had success against many of them. I look at his toe stub against Dariush as a tremendous learning experience, and I see him yet continuing his bounce forward, and this is a perfect matchup for him. Fazeev, meanwhile, comes in on the bounce in his own right. He got completely painted by Justin Gaethje in his last fight, strength against strength, because Fazeev not only faced a fighter in Gaethje that acquiesced him and took him on on his feet, but that's the only kind of fighter he's fought until this fight. This is his first face-off with this kind of elite level, high level wrestler that, oh, by the way, Gamrat two years younger, two inches taller, and is gonna be the larger man in the cage. Sure, Fazeev with that short fire hydrant-like physique has shown takedown defense, but he's not shown takedown defense against this kind of athlete. This fight's gonna be awesome, but at the end of the day, I have to give Gamrat every bit of lean and advantage based on his wrestling base and his ability to strike, to engage in that wrestling. Fazeev, I haven't seen on his back, and there's maybe a reason why we haven't seen him against this kind of athlete before. We're sure going to learn a lot with this fight. The bout opened 
Fazeev minus 175 is a favorite and Gamrot plus 150. Pricing I'm looking at now, Fazeev minus 155, Gamrot plus 130. Earlier in the week, I released Gamrot on the VSIN digital at plus 135. So he's about where he's been early in the week and that's plenty prime for us. Round six, Mateusz Gamrot plus 130, plus 135, depending when you bought him for one unit. Thank you so much for listening. Good luck at the fights. And we will be back in two weeks for UFC Fight Night in October in Las Vegas. Thank you. been locked into Gamblu's Bout Business MMA podcast featuring Lou Finacaro. Hit our subscribe button and never miss out on Lou's behind-the-scenes access to the world of MMA. All the the best sports betting podcast on the board look no further than greenrollmedia.com each and every weekend greenroll's covering the nfl college football and mma better than anyone bringing you behind the counter of the most well-renowned sports books in las vegas that's greenrollmedia.com greenrollmedia.com home of the world's premier sports betting podcast network